Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Good news for Social Security recipients, an 8.7% rise in Social Security benefits could be on the horizon. That spells almost $150 extra per month next year for 70 million people depending on Social Security. The Social Security Administration announced the almost 9% increase as an adjustment to the cost of living. This is the largest cost of living adjustment since 1981 when it was increased by 11.2%. Retirees should see the extra funds in January's checks, but whether this extra boost is enough to keep up with inflation remains to be seen. That will depend on the U.S. economy between now and the end of the year. And to discuss the latest CPI report in the state of the economy, we're happy to have on Ohio Congressman Bill Johnson. Congressman Bill Johnson, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Good to be with you this morning. Thanks a lot for having me. Congressman, stocks are tumbling on news that inflation rose over a quarter of a percent, uh, more than what analysts had predicted. Uh, what do you make of these numbers and where does the American economy go from here? Look, the, the, the economy is going to continue to struggle. Inflation is going to continue to rise uh, un, until President Biden and his administration, his allies in the House and Senate, uh, realize that there's two primary drivers to this problem. One is the skyrocketing cost of energy. Uh, the president's policies have basically uh, uh, neutralized America's domestic energy production. Uh, as a consequence, we're not producing the, uh, the oil and gas that we need. Uh, uh, it, it, it's devastating to the American people that are paying uh, twice the amount for, uh, for the energy to heat and cool their homes, cook their food, uh, put gas in their car. It takes energy to manufacture a product. It takes energy to get that product to market. It takes energy for the retail outlets to, uh, to carry that product. It even takes energy for people to get to the store to buy a product. So as energy prices go up, uh, the cost of everything else is going to go up. And then the out of control spending uh, from the Biden administration, it just seems like money is is running out the door like water through a sieve. And, uh, and they don't seem to get it that the more dollars you put into the system, the less value the dollar has. And that's causing prices to skyrocket as well. So the long story short, uh, inflation is going to get worse and the economy is going to continue to struggle under these kind of reckless policies. Congressman, I'm going to ask you about the uh, Biden administration's spending. Uh, but first, as you mentioned, energy, uh, a huge factor in all of this. Uh, Saudi Arabia has cut oil production, angering the Biden administration. Uh, I just want to ask you, do we really need to rely on the Saudis for uh, this oil? Well, no, we don't need to. Uh, but President Biden's lack of leadership is what's placed us in this position. Uh, he basically stopped uh, oil and gas production on public lands. Uh, uh, the American Exploration and Production Council uh, says that we uh, typically get, uh, historically have gotten about 24% of our oil and gas off of public lands. That's all stopped. Uh, at the height of our energy independence, we were energy independent for the first time in 70 years, just a few short years ago, we were producing over 13 million barrels of oil a day. Uh, we're nowhere close to that today. And the Saudis, look at the role the Saudis play in all of this. Uh, the Saudis and the Iranians are not friends, they're enemies. 
and and when the Saudis find out that President Biden is also going to the Iranians asking them uh, for oil, uh, that infuriates the Saudis. They don't trust President Biden uh, any more than Vladimir Putin or President Xi does uh, in China. And, and his lack of leadership is emboldening these countries to do these things. So I'm not surprised that Saudi Arabia uh, saw an opportunity to uh, to punch the Biden administration in the nose over over this energy crisis, and they did exactly that. Congressman, back to your previous point, um, can the Fed really contain uh, inflation despite Biden's fiscal spending, which was uh, $1.1 trillion in 2022 alone? Look, I, I, I didn't major in economics in college, but I, I know you can't tax and spend your way out of a situation like this. Uh, and, and I don't think raising interest rates, uh, that's, not going to, that's not going to do uh, uh, in the long run. It's not going to help the American people. I mean, the, the higher you raise interest rates, the more difficult it is for businesses to get capital to grow and expand their businesses, the more difficult it's going to be for uh, new first-time homeowners, uh, home buyers to try and get a mortgage. Uh, the American dream seems to be put on hold as these interest rates continue to rise. So interest rates are a Band-Aid. Uh, the real problem is the policies from the Biden administration that's driving all of this, the out-of-control spending and the, uh, the cost of energy. Congressman, I just read a Wall Street Journal report. Mortgage rates have jumped to nearly 7%, the highest in two decades, uh, from roughly 3% just a year ago. Um, are you hearing from your constituents yet? Oh, absolutely. I uh, have a very close working relationship with the realtors in my district, and they are very concerned because many, uh, many families have put uh, home remodeling and expansion of their homes, uh, uh, you know, taking out a second mortgage to do some modifications to their homes. Uh, they're putting those projects on hold. Uh, first time home buyers uh, are putting those projects on hold, uh, putting the purchases on hold. So absolutely, uh, those as those mortgage mortgage rates continue to increase, uh, again, the American dream is going to be put on hold for millions of Americans, and that hurts people in my district a lot. Ohio Congressman Bill Johnson, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Good to talk with you today. As the midterm elections draw near, the Republican Party is trying to reach out to more Latino voters. A majority of Hispanics vote Democrat, but former President Trump made significant gains in 2020. I think that this election cycle in particular, it seems like Republicans across the country are trying to capitalize on the momentum they feel they have among Latino voters in the wake of the 2020 election. And it seems like they're really trying to expand the map, too, of where they're reaching out to Latinos. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the GOP had been courting Latinos in the largely Hispanic South Side with unprecedented outreach efforts. Many Latino voters there say they're fed up with rampant lawlessness and spiraling inflation. Combine that with strong Christian values and this traditionally Democratic voting bloc now appears more receptive to Republican candidates. The Republican Party's new Hispanic outreach organization is going door to door in Milwaukee's Latino neighborhoods. The GOP also set up a new field office in the area just a year ago. So what should the parties do to win over Hispanic voters? 
What policy issues are they most concerned about right now? Joining us to discuss the Hispanic vote, we have Javier Palomares, founder and CEO of the United States Hispanic Business Council. Javier Palomares, thank you so much for joining us in the Capitol Report. Thanks for having me. Javier, the coveted uh, Hispanic vote, uh, one might think based on the way uh, mainstream media paints the picture that uh, former President Trump and Republicans are anti-immigrant, uh, that the Hispanic population would be running to the Democratic Party. However, it's just the opposite. Um, why do you think that is? You know, I think it's a, it's a number of things, uh, actually, uh, to, be, to, be, to be truthful about it. President Trump had a good ground game when it came to the Hispanic community. They spent a lot of time in local markets talking to the Latino community. I remember being shocked uh, in 2016 when, when he garnered 29% of the Hispanic vote. And then in 2020, you know, he garnered nearly 40% of the Hispanic vote. Fast forward to where we are right now. Uh, listen, it's a very difficult time for all American families and certainly for Hispanic families. And when you see uh, you know this this kind this kind of period of of uh, economic uncertainty. Uh, all families, including Hispanic families, um, begin to focus on the meat and potatoes issues, uh, things like jobs, uh, uh, interest rates, inflation, uh, energy costs, and historically, it's been the Republican Party that has really talked about those issues. And so, I think it's a very natural thing that you're seeing Hispanics look for the answers that have not been provided heretofore, and, uh, and they're looking for a home. Uh, frankly, both parties have a lot of work to do as it relates to courting the Hispanic uh, community. Uh, and it needs to begin by understanding that we are more than immigrants who care about immigration. Uh, listen, we're, we're business builders, we're job creators, we're taxpayers, we're frontline workers, uh, we're educators, we're teachers, we're military men and women, we're Americans. And so um, it's important that both parties begin to engage our community in, uh, in a very genuine and honest fashion and, uh, and frankly keep those issues that are worrying us, the economy, jobs, uh, health care, um, immigration, yes, but down the line. Uh, right now we're focused on the things that the average American family is focused on. Javier, the, uh, the latest uh, CPI numbers were released uh, today, uh, inflation much higher than actually anticipated. Uh, I mean, this is a concern for all Americans, but how specifically will this impact the uh, Hispanic community? Well, you know, we suffer disproportionately uh, when these numbers uh, begin to, to, to creep up. You know, we're dealing with historic inflation numbers, the, the likes of which we haven't seen in, in five decades, perhaps. Uh, and as it relates to Hispanic business community specifically, um, we generally don't have the uh, you know the buildup of, of financial uh, uh, inventory. We we don't have the networks, um, and so uh, we we don't enjoy the margins that larger businesses do. And so we are you know in a very tenuous time for the Hispanic business community, and um, I think it's important. That, that, that we recognize that, that those issues that impact the Hispanic business community are the same issues that impact all American small businesses. And in that context, um, I think it's important for all of us to remember that nearly 70% of the new jobs in this nation are actually created by the small and medium-sized companies, not the large conglomerates. And so these issues are real for our American business community uh, they are impactful, disproportionately 
for minority-owned businesses and certainly Hispanic-owned businesses. So it's a very difficult time. Um, you know, we'll weather the storm because we always have, but it is a very difficult time. You've got rising interest rates, which equates to slow growth. You've got higher energy costs, which equates to higher operating expenses. And you've got record high inflation, which removes value from our outputs. So it is a proverbial, uh, you know, witch's brew of challenges that our American small business community is facing right now. Javier, I want to touch uh, upon immigration. You mentioned that uh, on the list of issues, immigration is not maybe uh, top of mind. But just out of curiosity, how does illegal immigration look through the lens of, say, a first-generation legal immigrant? You know, you know, we are um, at the United States Hispanic Business Council. We we always make a point of, of reminding our audiences that uh, we are proud to advocate on behalf of businessmen and women who happen to be of Hispanic descent. But first and foremost, we are American businesses. Every tax bill we pay, every job we create, every product we manufacture, and every service we provide goes to benefit the American economy. And the only thing we're prouder of than being Hispanic is being American. We are a community of collaborators, of law-abiding, proud Americans. Uh, we are as concerned about illegal immigration as any community is. We, we, we understand that the, 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 the human aspect of this very challenging issue, but the reality of it is, you know, any political party uh, would be making a grave mistake. Um, as I said earlier, if they believe that we are nothing but immigrants who care about nothing more than immigration, we care about the issues that are important to all Americans. And uh, we want to see, obviously, immigration fixed. Um, frankly, neither party has had the political will to get it done. Uh, we're looking for solutions because it impacts us, it impacts our businesses, just like it impacts every other American family. Javier Palomares, really appreciate your perspective. Thanks for having me. Good night. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.